from St. Louis, Missouri, this is Strangers to Fiction, a podcast all about documentary storytelling. My name is Jacob McIndoller. And my name is Bill Streeter. And this week we're talking about the new Netflix documentary, Don't Fuck With Cats. Are you ready? The internet is boundless. There's the happy places. And then there's another part of the internet, the seedy underbelly. I was on Facebook one day. And I found this video. I pressed play. It was the worst video I've ever seen. It needs to be stopped immediately. People went nuts. So we started looking. He could have been anywhere on the planet. This person wants to play a game of cat and mouse. And I'm up for that. There's a lot of information in the video. You see a door handle, electrical receptacles. Everything pointed to North America. But then you hear some voices. It was Russian. Oh, maybe he's located in Russia. Thousands of people looking to find this guy. There was a tidal wave of leads that were coming in. I wasn't going to stop until I found him. Clearly, this video is not the end. Something bad is about to happen. He's going to kill somebody. All of a sudden, Another video appears. My mind doesn't want to believe it's true. These are the things, the telltale sign of somebody that's going to become a serial killer. We had a ticking time bomb on our hands. Twisted story that keeps twisting. What I'm seeing is impossible. He's going to get the attention of the world now. Two mysterious packages. Le dépeceur de Montréal. An international manhunt. This isn't the first time. It's not going to be the last time. This is going to get progressively worse. In the seedy underbelly of the internet, there's an unwritten rule. Rule zero. Don't fuck with cats. We shift. I, we. I haven't said anything to you about this documentary at all. No, we. Um, we shifted. We were going to do something else. Picked it in the middle of the week. Yeah, and you and I was in the middle of watching something else, and I'll, I won't mention it because we may do it another time. But yeah. But you messaged me in the middle of the week and said, "This just it just came out right this week." Yeah, I think it. I think it landed this. So we're recording this on December twenty second. Yeah. Yeah, I think it dropped this week. Sort of jumped out at me. I think it was on my recommended queue on Netflix, which I try to ignore as much as possible. To my more often than not, their suggestions are actually usually pretty good for me. But mm-hmm. yeah, it, it dropped this week, and I yeah, was so kinda... I was just looking it up. It it, it, it was released on Wednesday, so the eighteenth. Yeah. Yep. And I think that that may have been the day that you, you may have watched it on the first day. I must have. Yeah, I and, must have started watching because I've been I've been. I had a lot of downtime lately, so I've been watching a lot of Netflix. So, yeah. and I had noticed this the, before you messaged about messaged me about it. I had noticed on my like Twitter feed that I got an ad for it, so I had just heard of it that same day too. Interesting. Um, and we and and you said that you you know you, you thought we should do that instead, so we switched to that. Kind of. That's not exactly how the conversation went, but <laughs> I'll accept it. Close enough. Well, we discussed it and we decided to do this one instead. Mm-hmm. So. What did you think? I love this movie. I, I mean, that's that's why I suggested it because it kind of blew me away. I uh, it was, it, I mean, it's a Netflix documentary series. It was probably one of these documentaries. It probably, I don't know if it was an original or if it got picked up. The difference being an original being a Netflix commissioned production mm-hmm. versus a acquisition, a independent documentary that they picked up and made into an original. Right. I don't know which it is. Case in point, the making a, making a murderer was a festival feature length documentary that they turned into a series because they liked it so much at, right. at, at a festival. So I don't know which this is, but this is. I thought it was really well done. I who I didn't even pay attention to who the director or the producer or anybody was on it. I think I read something about the director. I, I don't. I didn't find much. There's not even a Wikipedia page huh. on this. When you look on the, yeah, it's uh, too new. IMDb it lists some of the um, some of the characters in there yeah. but I don't see much information about the about who directed and who made it yeah. either but yeah, I loved this too yeah I, and I love I would just want to start with the name what a great name the Luca McNata. 
No, I no, just the uh, no, the name of the oh, documentary. Don't, fuck with, don't fuck with cats, right? Yeah. I mean, it just jumps out to you yeah. already, and it yeah. kind of tells you. You know what, though, we should back up a little bit. I just want to say, just a reminder. Yeah, I think I know what you're. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you have not seen this movie, and I feel like not every documentary is like this, but there's a lot of there's a lot, especially true crime documentaries. You should probably go watch this before you hear us. Talk I would about definitely it. say to watch this first because yes. we're going to give you spoilers, and this is really one of these films that I think you enjoy more going into it, not knowing as little as possible yeah and you said that to me too when after you watched it you said uh if you if you you know don't google anything about it just start watching it yeah. now i it did turn out that i knew a, a part of this story already i'd heard it before not as in depth yeah. as this story i'd never goes. heard this story before but um i try not yeah i avoid actually kind of avoid uh basic crimes i mean this is not a basic crime story but i kind of avoid crime stories in my daily news because number one i don't think it's very healthy to hear about crime all the time and number two it, most of them aren't that interesting mm -hmm. i don't think you know yeah. well i i I'm spend... not a true i like true crime as a genre i just <laughs> yeah. don't like true crime in real life yeah i but i have a <laughs> real big true interest in in true crime and i you know i read a lot about it i've read a lot about it kind of comes in waves like i'll go yeah. through a little spurt of reading about that kind of stuff and then i won't for a while but i had read a little bit about this story but let's start i kind of want to start at the very beginning of this yeah. because because when i sat down to watch it i didn't know that it was the that it was eventually going to go to that story all i knew it was don't fuck with cats it had something to do with somebody fucking with cats on the, the rule internet. zero of the internet rule zero of the internet uh stated at the beginning of the film and actually that was my first note as i said i was in right from the beginning when she explains that rule she says there you can on the internet you can do whatever you want there's pornography there's all of this horrible violence she's like but there is a one rule and that rule is rule zero don't fuck with cats yeah and so the story starts when somebody anonymously uploads a video of themselves killing cats mm -hmm. right this somebody who's kind of in silhouette you can't see them well puts a couple of cats into a, a vacuum kittens. bag yeah. little kittens yeah small kittens that's probably another disclaimer we should probably put right up front is that uh there that while this movie if you're have if you're a sensitive person i, I consider myself somewhat sensitive I, I i mean i don't like to voluntarily see terrible things like this i can kind of handle them in small doses but this is not like real things like i can handle horror movie stuff all day long but real things i don't like to see any videos of kids or or animals yeah. or anything getting hurt ever so i i i avoid that stuff as much as possible in this film they do describe it they, they don't actually they show don't show it. the worst of it but they show some of the video and they and and they show people's reactions to the video and so if you're sensitive to that stuff, I would avoid this movie because it, it could really like ruin your day. And a lot of the, I, I the chatter that I've seen online about this movie so far is that um, a lot of people are not making it through it, right? Like they're getting kind of because some Easy. of the stuff. Yeah, that, I totally yeah, get that. I some of the stuff that's it, in, yeah. in there is. So, yeah, I think that's a fair warning is yeah. if you're really sensitive, there's going to be a lot of really awful things that are talked about in this movie. But for the most part. They they avoid showing the worst of it. They try to be tasteful about it. Yeah, and and I thought that was good because they had they shown that really that stuff. I think it would have turned a lot. Yeah, more I probably would have turned it off. I probably would have yeah, too. Yeah. Um. But so then the story starts right. This video is uploaded online and a community forms. Right. This community forms online that is trying to find out who this person is to hold them accountable. And so we get introduced in the beginning to there's kind of two main characters of, of the online community aspect of the story and that's deanna and deanna goes by the the screen name body moving which has been in my head all day because of that that song and then a guy named john green and those two along with a bunch of other people they create these like facebook communities and they they go out and it's they're a private group on facebook yeah. private facebook group and they are they're investigating the video right they're looking in the video well, for I, clues. actually i think they started out as a, as a sort of a kind of a vigilant an online vigilante group to sort of hunt down people who abuse it who abuse animals mm -hmm. online i think that's how it started and this video in particular really got people hopped up and then when this video kind of i guess it went viral mm -hmm. on some level yeah and um it probably i think that probably caused a lot of growth in the group because as more people became aware of it they they, they at some point the group like numbers spiked at some point yeah and i that was a bit later the numbers spiked because there was one guy who was a part of some tv show that started tweeting about it and um they got a bunch more people involved but in the beginning yeah, it was just these people. And what would they would do is look at this video over and over again, which, geez, I mean, it's something you're trying to, uh, 
you know, you're trying to discover who did this, but you got to sit there and watch it happen yeah. over and over again. But they're looking in in the video for just little clues to the identity of this person. Um, and I don't remember the first, like there ends up being a series of videos, right? Um, not just one. And they start piecing things together. Okay, what country is this person in? So they're looking at the, the wall outlets. I remember yeah. one of the quotes was somebody saying, I spent like... Uh, I don't remember how many, like three hours looking at Lithuanian doorknobs, right? Yeah. They're trying to decide what that doorknob that's on the, in the background there, where could that that knob be, yeah. right? What does the electrical outlook like? What does that tell us about, yeah. you know, these? these I love this because it's a little bit like crowdsourced uh, video analytics. Yeah. You know, like pe they went through every pixel as, as a group, which sort of makes it a little easier because as a group, you can cover a lot more stuff and research and do a lot of so that they yeah they were scouring this video for any kind of little clue about where this guy is and it's a community that i'm pretty familiar with because i've been a part of those kind of communities yeah, I have to, true yeah. crime places oh and not like, true crime but, but for, yeah but even like the fbi does this right yeah. the fbi they releases crowdsource. yeah they crowdsource for information they, they take videos especially yeah. when they're looking for um, you know, pedophiles or, or child abusers. And they, they post like outtakes of videos with just like, all you can really see is a t-shirt, for example. Mm -hmm. And it'll say like, who can identify yeah, this police, t-shirt? The, the cops are doing that in St. Louis too. If you follow the St. Louis mm. Metropolitan Police Department on Facebook, they post screenshots from like um, surveillance videos and things. And then I'm pretty familiar with the, there's, have you ever heard of Web Sleuths? I have, yeah. There's been a couple of these documentaries, and I noticed a few. I think it's just part where our society is now. We do so much kind of interaction online that, you know, there's been two or three of these documentaries now, and this is in that group uh, where there's been groups of people who sort of do crime solving and stuff. Right. You know? I think I saw a Vice feature once about a guy that does, like, voluntary. He's in a group online where they do voluntary forensic uh, drawings oh, know, okay. based on descriptions and things, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's pretty, I don't know. It's pretty interesting how that's all come about in recent years, but, and then, but like for web sleuths, that's a whole community that, that this is what they do. I mean, it's yeah. in the name, right? It's like, it's internet detectives and yeah. they're going out and I follow them not very close, but every once in a while I'll drop it and read stuff. And they, they've been responsible for the solving, solving of some crimes. crimes. Yeah. Like they actually have been effective um, and there's always a, t and in this movie too, there's kind of a relationship between these community people that are doing this and, and the actual law enforcement. Yeah, I'm sure the cops get sick of them on some level, just because um, mm -hmm. I'm sure you know this is this video, this film is a example of a successful <laughs> solved case, I guess. And the, the amazing thing level. about this is they were on to it; they knew who yeah. it was before the police had any Wait, idea. Yeah. And there were way, yeah. So, but I'm sure just from the police point of view, I'm sure that like they get kind of sick of hearing some of these right. places because they there's probably many many cases where they know a lot more than the internet sleuths do. And, right. And uh, they just it's probably just all garbage information that's coming from people online. So I can understand later on when they try to break through to the cops, I mm -hmm. can understand why that might have been difficult for them because the cops probably get a lot of like crazy people contacting them about you know, whatever, right. You know, different murders and things. So, and that's why something like this, when they actually have it right, you know, you, yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's hard to fault the police for going, okay, you on the internet with your crazy conspiracy theories, but they actually identified this guy before. I mean, you know, like we said, you should watch a movie before the murder happened. A murder yeah. eventually happens yeah. in this movie and they knew who this was before that happened. And they were trying to warn he's going to murder somebody yeah. it's and they crazy it out. i just found it was so well done i mean the story is 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 so well put together in this film where it starts out at in one place and then ends up in another place mm. and ends up so deep in the real world i mean it's it's and it's i can't recommend it enough honestly it, it kind of blew me away my wife and i started watching i think on wednesday night i think we watched we watch, I mean, it's three hours. So they, they call it a series. It's three mm -hmm. episodes. It's yeah. three hours long. So you can watch it in an evening. Yeah. Uh, so my my wife and I watched it in an evening and loved it. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, so the, I did find the name of the director. The director's name is Mark Lewis, and he's been involved with Silk Road documentary about the Silk Road. Hmm. I, I imagine that's the online one and not the you know the old one. Um, a few other kind of. 
um, surviving disaster, these kind of things. But hmm. I, I think I, whoever this guy is, I think he did a fantastic yeah, job no, with amazing. this. Yeah. And one of the things, there's a bunch that I want to get into, but the there's really great characters in this movie, and we always talk about characters mm -hmm. in this. And there's so many. I want to I want to start with Deanna because Deanna was just like you just fall in love with her, right? Like yeah. she's just such a great character. And right in the very beginning of that, like her. Her personality is very clearly coming out. She says something like she's talking about some song, and the director's trying to get her to sing it. She goes, "Ah, buy the rights for it and just play it yeah. right here." Right? Yeah. And you have to give. I was thinking, she's you super savvy. Yeah, she understands a lot. And you got. I think you have to give a lot of credit to the director because the because of how comfortable she felt in that. I mean, obviously she had the personality already, but I felt like so many people in this, their real character comes out. And I think you have to give a lot of credit to the director for at least making oh, those people yeah. feel comfortable, asking the right questions, you know, getting them to to feel yeah, I think loose really in that good, in that yeah. moment. moment. Yeah. And they and just in right in the beginning too, there's another shot of her where um, I think it's when she first starts talking about the the kittens that are killed, and she starts to cry, right? And she pauses, and the way that they just hold that on her, right? Like they don't they don't move the camera, they don't cut, just really develops her, and then you have her her companion yeah john green john green what did you make of john green i like john green i mean john green uh it's funny that they kind of the way that when they first introduce him they almost suggest i think didn't they suggest that like some people in the group thought he was the cat killer initially oh no if they did i, I missed think that. that's i think it was like you know like because <laughs> she kind of the way she said john green the first time uh or said something about how they were all a little bit suspicious of John Green when he first showed up in the group, I think. Mm -hmm. And then, because when they introduced him, the first thing he says, I don't know how anybody could think I would ever want to kill a cat or something like oh. that. So I kind of thought maybe there were people that thought maybe he was like the actual guy that infiltrated the group at some point. Okay. I liked him, though. I thought he was... Yeah. I liked everybody in this film. Um, Luca Magnata, it's so crazy. And I love the sort of tie-in with movies with this mm. with this film uh with this documentary with this kid and it really does kind of raise a moral question that they they even they address at the very end yeah yeah uh that this kid was so into uh image and being famous for something and uh um sort of developing his image and 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 image conscious and wanting to be famous in this weird sick way that he would do, real, literally do anything to be a celebrity, um, they sort of raise that as <laughs> sort of a moral dilemma at the end of the film. Yeah. And how much did those guys, the people that were tracking him, because at some point he knew that there was a whole community of people tracking him. Yeah, how so much they were did they feed his he, psychosis? And he was playing into it with them. So he was creating the, these sock puppet accounts. Yeah. And he was interacting with the group and all these different and accounts. And it's weird when they interview his so mom. He was playing she, with them. She could, Well, yeah, and but I could almost... I didn't. I mean, I understand his mom was in denial about a lot of things, but she does make this point of, and you know, it is a question you can never really know. But like, how much of like him knowing that there's a whole community of people out there watching him fed into his psychosis that elevated his yeah his behavior right and pushed it because he wanted that fame, he yeah. wanted the attention, you know. Yeah, and once he started getting it from this group of people. Um, and being able to develop these real life scenarios where mm -hmm. people would be tracking him and leaving clues deliberately for them, yeah, um, because they knew that he he knew that they would be watching his like how like if if you think about it, there's a whole community of people yeah. out there watching your every move, and I mean he was playing like, the game with them. He yeah. was he would leave them little hints and but if you think about like this like a weird. It's like the opposite of paranoia, but like he's he's playing to an audience, uh -huh. and it feeds into a psychosis of like wanting to be, you know. Yeah, I kind of get like his where his mom's coming from with that. Like, and I, and I think that the people at the very end of the film like kind of realized, oh, maybe we did kind of push this. I mean, you're always gonna you can never know, right? Um, but um, th there's a little bit of guilt, I think, on their part. Like, you know, maybe we should have been paying so close attention to him maybe he wouldn't have elevated he wouldn't have gone on the humans and, and that's a question that gets yeah. asked a lot i think when people get obsessed with these like like it has been in recent years this obsession with true crime and yeah. and this kind of stuff it's like well if you're well you have these or, mass, shooters too. mass shooters yeah. school shootings those kind of things like giving it more attention does it elevate it you know his his thing that he wanted was he wanted to be 
famous, mm-hmm. right? And at the very end of the film, they show some footage of him in the um, talking to the investigator, right? Mm-hmm. Once he's actually caught. And the investigator says something to him. He's like, hey, man, you got what you wanted. You know, yeah. you're famous now. Okay, people know who you are. And and if it weren't for those people online paying attention to it, you know, would that have made him elevate yeah. that? There so, is a psychological thing with certain behaviors where um, certain people are prone to do certain behaviors simply because they know about them. So like one of the big um, sort of taboos in journalism is to not make a big deal out of suicide or really not to report mm-hmm suicides generally you know like they'll usually say somebody passed away in in a story they won't usually say suicide unless it's a celebrity or there's some news news reason uh to say that it's suicide and the reason they do that is because back when they used to report suicides on a regular basis they noticed that every time they reported a suicide there'd be a a spike in suicides in whatever community at the time so it was just became a part of journalistic ethics that you just don't generally report suicides and i'm sure that we're starting to see because of our media saturation that we have now and the fact that everybody can be seen online all the time um there and people seeking fame (laughs) we're starting to see this uh, this same effect with other types of behavior and not just suicide including you know mass murder or mass Mm -hmm. shootings or things like that so it's really i don't know what an age we live in. <laughs> so you mentioned the mother, though. The, yeah. The mother. Uh, are you, I get you talk about denial. A, yeah, I mean, but but I don't. I don't want to judge her completely. But I thought there might have been a little bit of delusion in her as well. I yeah. mean, obviously, there was a lot of delusion I, in, in Luca. You know, the first time they interviewed, the first time she came out and started talking about. Um, you got to find the puppet master mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I'm like, okay, so she he grew up with a yeah. mentally ill mother because right. I automatically went to that's she's what mentally I thought too. Ill. Yeah, but as she explained it, I realized, oh, this is a story he gave her, and yes. she chose to she chooses to believe it because she doesn't want to believe her son's a murderer. So this gets right to kind of the end of the film, and that's Manny, right? Mm-hmm. So this, so towards the end, the when, Manny story. Yeah. yeah, as Luca is. <sighs> Man, you think about the effort that this guy went to because this is a story that he was telling for years, right? I mean, they interview for, for years cross continents. He organized his life around it. He told, and boy, doesn't it make you think there almost was a Manny at some point, right? Or or somebody well, like they that? Explained who Manny was. Well, yeah, for the character from yeah. Basic Instinct, right? Yeah. yeah. But was there was he in some kind of relationship like oh, that maybe. at some point? Like he may have been some kind of dominant. I don't. Relationship I don't think there that, was somebody controlling all his. You know, it was a convenient excuse for him to explain to his mother what what why all this stuff started happening around him. You know, yeah. And she would really probably believe any story that she told him because why would she want to believe that her son is a murderer? Right. Because I think when she first heard about the cat thing and him being accused of killing the cats, she called him and said, "Hey, what is this?" And he's like, oh, "I didn't want to do it. Manny yep. made me do it." Now, something I, I still have a question about. Is there are two hand, two sets of hands yeah. in one of the videos? I, it, that was it's something that jumped out at me when they that sort of cleared answered. it when they cleared all that up, and I thought about it, and I feel like they could have addressed it. I think what actually happened there was he probably I think those videos were edited, and the uh, the other set of hands was probably he probably had somebody over to show him the snake at some other point. And he cut that footage in at the end of that video. Oh, okay. That's my guess. Right. Um, so he was shooting. It was, he had shot the snake. Separately. And separately, then did the, And the, then added that to the end of the video to make it kind of just to throw in a little confusion into the thing, you know, where he's not doing these things alone. So we should explain it. Well, I don't know if we even need to explain no, it. No, I mean, if, the, if somebody's seen the yeah, film by now. The snake was a different, another, yeah. one in his series of killing cats was... Yeah. He fed it to a snake. He fed one a kitten to a snake. And yeah, so that was the big question that I have. And you might be right. Maybe it was just like that might have been him and his. That's mom my guess. The That's the only way that like I that. could sort of like yeah. th- that I could could understand how that you that could be explained. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen that video. I don't plan to see that video. No, so. I haven't watched any of them um, either. I don't. I'm not going to. <laughs> Nor am I. Because I don't need to. I don't so need what I so life. I told you I'd heard about this story before, but what I all I really knew about was of about the murder. Right, and I, I didn't even know it was tied to this earlier series. Um, I just knew that this guy uh, went on a blind date 
killed a guy and then fled to Europe. And that's mm-hmm. basically all I knew. I did know that there was a video of that. I knew he had made a video, but I didn't know. Uh, the, you didn't the, know all the other stuff. I didn't know there were people already hunting him, you know, and I didn't know the whole Manny thing. And that story, when you think about the, the effort that he went in to tell that story, and it turns out to be this like obscure character from the movie Basic, Basic Instinct. And the final, the murder they they reveal it was set up like the scene yeah. in Basic Instinct where and can you in the Catch Me Not like what was it was the name of that Catch film? Me If You Can Catch Me If You Can yeah so he kind of plays the role which is of, a good movie too I highly movie, recommend yeah. it um, but yeah and where he sort of organized his like it's so like I mean the guy kind of brilliant I think um, yeah it's too bad that uh, he was a he's a homo- homicidal maniac yeah. Because uh, somebody that smart and that creative probably could have done some wonderful things. In this well, world. and so yeah. that this is a, a really shitty thing. But one of the things I did like about the movie is, um, you know, look, Luca Magnato's obviously did something awful and a bad dude. But I did feel sympathy to him for him. You know, when uh, he's, they talk about him growing up and basically severely bullied in school, people, you know, just insulting him from the time he was a little kid, calling him gay, blah, blah, blah. Um, to where he just basically isolated himself and sat around watching old movies, right? And he fell in love with all these old movie actors and actresses. And that became in not only his escape, but I think in some ways his reality, right? And he wanted to live in, in that that world. Um, and then this was kind of his way to launch himself into stardom. But I just did, I felt like, you know, he obviously was a lonely kid, you know, who found solace in, in these you know these old movies and these um you know famous actresses and things like that so yeah i agree the kid I, I grew up that, without friends without a community without i agree i i didn't i mean um i feel sympathy for him on that level i can't feel sympathy for the things that he no, did of course not but um yeah i absolutely i agree i mean it is a super sad story and you do have to think about it, it does make you think that the way you treat people as <laughs> can have huge effects on their life and their psyche and things like not that like just you being mean to some other kid when you're a kid it, like makes you out to be a bad person if they grow up to be a mass murderer it's just that all these things are cumulative yeah know? and it makes you think about how you treat people day to day and how you interact with people mm-hmm. because um um and i think most people when they get to be mature adults stop making fun of people right <laughs> they're different but um i hope uh for the most part unless you're you know got a problem but um but yeah i mean it's 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 it kind of hits you on that level i think i don't know and you just I mean, think about all the things that were working against him i mean the mother maybe not de- as delusional as you first yeah, think but the mother maybe not completely really what stable the mental state of his mother was right. or even what their home life together was they didn't really get that deep into yeah. it but um just the fact that he was treated so badly um and you do have to wonder, like you get to the end of that film, and this is it's funny, there's two films recently that I watched. This one in a fictional film where the main character, one of the main characters, turns to the camera and addresses the audience at the very uh-huh. end. Yeah. And this film does that. Deanna does and it. And yeah. it does kind of make you wonder, like, um, <laughs> how much are you still participating in this guy's psychosis? Even by watching and like watching this and, documentary, and us yeah. talking about it now, right, right? You know, I mean, it's all. Uh, how do you? I mean, I, my thing is, is that you shouldn't let somebody else's psychosis control what you do necessarily, mm-hmm. um, and um, you know, uh, I can't, I can't be responsible and, for how he feels about me talking about him. And I also know? think that. You know, to answer that question, like how much, and they ask at the end of the movie, are we feeding into this? Is like are yeah. us paying attention to this? Um, and I think maybe in his mind, right? But in reality, the, 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 it's not going to stop. People are not going to stop paying attention to these no, things. And you can't, because people like, like drama. You, you know? can't this shut is, down is, all of social media just because somebody might take it too seriously and murder somebody. Right. You, it's just like you can't, like, stop driving cars just because people drive drunk and kill other people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you can't, um, there's it's always this like you know risk benefit analysis that you do you know cars are and mobile transportation is so valuable to us that we'll we're willing to put up a certain amount of like road death Mm -hmm. right same thing with social media and this stuff you know it's like uh you can't be responsible for psychosis 
right. person that gets psychosis because they got some attention online. And, and you just, I just don't think you can stop it. You know, I just no, think, you feel can't. like a story like this is, it's an intriguing story. And as horrible as it is, people wanted to hear about it. You know, people want yeah. to listen to it. It's got a whole lot of drama in it. And yeah. So can I, I want to bring up one thing about this movie though. Sure. One thing that annoyed me a lot and yeah. it's the only thing that annoyed me about yeah. it. And I realized after watching this that I hate watching other people use computers <laughs> because, like, they would they would, they did a lot of screen grab yeah. kind of footage in this yeah. movie. Yeah, well, like, it, I think it was recreated. What's I that? Think, yeah, well, of course it was recreated. Re- yeah. I def- I knew it was yeah. recreated, yeah. but just the the way that they would go about doing things like they would, you know, that right is click a on tough a link. problem, right? I mean, that's a tough problem, especially with like. Uh, us interacting and communicating via computers so as often as we do nowadays of course it's going to be in in our storytelling mm-hmm. right every time we right. come up with a new form of communication you have to work it into a storytelling you watch movies from the 20s and 30s you see a lot of people talking on phones right and now you see a lot of people on cell phones in bars and, and yelling at people over pay phones right. and things right and now you see people texting each other in, in yeah. films and it from a visual point of view, a visual storytelling point of view, that's always a problem to overcome when you have a big part of your story that sort of takes place online or in text or whatever. How do you show that in right. a way that's not annoying, in a way that's dramatic, that a way that's interesting? Like, how do you convey that? And obviously, this film fell short for you. <laughs> I, on the other hand, felt like, well, it's regrettable that you have to do so much storytelling to tell this story yeah. that way. I thought they did a very good job of it. I thought all the graphics were really well done and the way they sort of coordinated the the editing and the music and everything else to sort of make things seem dramatic while yeah. they were happening online. I thought that was it was no, well. No, I think that I think they did a good job with it. My point is other people don't use computers in the way that I use yeah, them. Of course not. So they don't like click on things the same way that I yeah. do. So I'll, the example was whenever they would they go. They kept copying and pasting. Yeah, whenever they would go to a link, instead of like just clicking on the link and opening it up in a new window, they would right click on it, go to copy, now, then, then the go thing. to the address bar and then go to paste. But they didn't even go to paste and go. They went to just paste and then they had to hit the enter key. Yeah. So just watching other people use the computer frustrated me because I'm like, yeah, no, there's an and, easier way to do that. And Yeah, so, and I. I have to wonder because I, I, I didn't understand that either. Like why they were doing it that way? Um, because that was obviously a choice that was made in post production. I right. don't think that those people that were actually in the story like were using their computers that way. I don't right. understand. I don't know. I mean, yeah, because I don't think that a, was real footage of Deanna using the computer. No, of that was not. obviously something that they it just re, it was dramatic recreation. Yeah. Is what it was. But it was just. I think what it was was whoever was whoever designed that. That's the way that they use a computer. Maybe right? instead of just clicking on a link, they ca- right. I can't click imagine and, a film a production this large though, where you have a director and you have an editor, and you probably had a producer that was like watching the progress of the and approving these graphics and things. I can't imagine that. There wasn't a discussion about why things should happen in that order or why people because they would right click on the link and they wouldn't even go to like the the one that says open in a new tab which yeah. would automatically do it they went to copy now here's the thing button. i can the one reason i i feel like you might want to do that is that maybe you don't want maybe you want to do that in a private window where you don't like sort of record um record a uh uh, you, you don't have a record in your on your local computer of looking at that stuff. Maybe that's mm. what they were doing. Maybe they're copying it and pasting it into a tab that was a private window. You Maybe. know what I mean? Yeah. Like the porn, the porn safe way of right. surfing the web. I thought I it might if, just be because of because whenever they would right click, it would be very zoomed in. Yeah. And then if they were doing like a screen recording of it, which mm-hmm. is probably what they did with it in you know it wouldn't that area of the window wouldn't be the area they would go to next mm-hmm. so then they would be like zoomed in like close up on the address bar mm-hmm. so i thought it was just more of a um you know so that the screen wasn't you know it wasn't jumping around they didn't have to show the whole screen they could stay zoomed in on things huh. I, I don't know but i it just it just took me out of it every once in a yeah. while because i would be like why are they it doesn't I take anything away too. from I the film i had the same question yeah it doesn't take anything question. away from I the film i, I just, mean I mean, there's probably a lot of little details in there that were probably done for a reason that they didn't have time to explain, which yeah. I respect. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's respectable. I mean, they were staying true to something that we are aware of, and and you know, but they didn't have time to explain. They didn't want to waste time explaining why they were cutting pasting URLs right. to another tab, you know. Um, but they were doing it to be as accurate as possible for some reason. That's my guess. One of the other things I think they got really lucky about on this film is 
there's a lot of security camera footage in this. Yeah. Um, there's from the night of the murder inside of the building that he lived in. Uh, there's from even where he was eventually caught in Berlin. Um, there's uh, airport footage of him if traveling through that. So they got really lucky just to get a lot of footage. Even, so, even the, the the footage of him throwing out everything in the trash after he committed the murder. So they, they're really... You're really inside, and that the right story. there, really. I mean, that was when supposedly before the when they were when they first showed that footage. This is before the whole Manny story comes along, mm-hmm. and that kind that footage right there would have told you that he was alone in that room because, well, no, I guess his story was that Manny was outside the building watching outside the building while mm-hmm. it was all happening. I guess, but still, I I felt like that would have been a tell that like Manny wasn't real. <laughs> did you did you believe that the Manny thing might be real at all when you're watching it? Well, initially, yeah. I kind of wondered. I was like, yeah, I was like, too. when she first started telling that story and they started explaining it a little deeper, I was like, oh wait, maybe that's maybe that's what's actually happening here. And in some level, you kind of you kind of wanted to not believe this kid was doing really doing this. Right, you wanted to believe he was being controlled by some yeah. evil power, which is what he was portraying was happening. Um, yeah, and you know, I can't blame his mom for. Trying to want, believe, for yeah. wanting to believe, yeah. that, you know. I mean, honestly, like, who wants to believe their kid, you know, right? <laughs> you know, would do something like that, you know. And uh, you know, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell a mother how to feel about her kid. Yeah. So, but it was a really, um, yeah, I started to believe it too, and I was, I, now I kind of because I knew this story a little bit, I kind of know, I knew where it ended. You know, I know it ends up with him in prison, so. I kind of didn't expect it to just totally flip on its head and go, oh, and here's Manny, and Manny was controlling him all along. But it was an intriguing story, and just more intriguing by the fact that he had a lawyer that believed it, right? He was, and he was yeah. telling this lawyer years before, um, you know, before the murder was committed. Well, I don't know years, I don't know how long it was, but quite a while before, he was going to this lawyer and saying, hey, this guy is controlling me, and he's making me do these things. Yeah. Um, so it was... And he got his lawyer that looked like uh, got him. Well, yeah, my Michael wa- Douglas. My wife watched this with me too, and she just re- she reacted to that moment. She's like, "Oh my god!" When she realized that her the lawyer looked like Michael Douglas from Basic Instinct, and this whole thing. Did that she was like doing it? Was, did you? Did... Yeah. So she. Um, my not, wife was way into it. Yeah. So. Well, mine wasn't at first. Because she was just sitting on the sofa, I was like, "Hey, I'm, I'm going to watch this thing," and she was doing something else. But by the Caught second, yeah, by the second episode, she was in, and she was like, "Okay, okay, okay." And I didn't. I wanted to go to sleep after the second episode, and she's like, "How can we stop watching it now?" Yeah. But so we we did watch the the end of it, and there's a lot of moments in this movie, like when you're sitting on a sofa watching with someone else, where you just kind of turn to each other and go. Oh my God, this is so fucked up. Like, yeah. I can't believe that. I know. And it's like, as soon as you think it's like, it can't get any worse, like, it's worse. Yeah. Like, I love movies that do that, though, honestly. Um, I think that this movie, I'm kind of bad. Like, I, I don't really have take much stock in my ability to predict what the public actually likes or not. But it, I got excited about this film the same way they got excited about Making a Murder yeah, the too. first time me I too. watched it. And Making a Murder turned out to be a huge hit for Netflix. Yeah. And it was huge buzz. And I feel like a couple, two, three weeks, I feel like this is going to be a very buzzy movie. I've already seen a lot of buzz about it. Yeah. I, I, I messaged you the other day, um, the, a couple of days ago, Luca Magnata was the number four most, most visited page on Wikipedia for the oh, day. Oh, wow. So I think it's already getting yeah. some buzz and it's going to get that. I think over Christmas and, and the holiday yeah. break, a lot of people are going to watch it. It'll be this. interesting to see how big this movie well, gets. And, and what the thing is, is it's like I said, it's got a great title. Yeah. You know, I thought about this compared to we watched The Devil Next Door. We thought yeah. we discussed that. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned how I thought that was a bad name, for, even for that movie particularly. But this is a great name because who's going to be scrolling through Netflix and see something that's called Don't Fuck With Cats and, and not be into it? And the movie's so well made that you get 10 minutes into this, you're not going to stop watching Yeah, it. they do a great job of because like you're, sort of hooking you right away. Yeah, you're with Deanna just talking about it, telling you about that rule. It, it's fantastic. I think that the this is a really good example of, I think, filmmakers doing a great job because I think people could have made a shitty version of this movie. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Um, but I was I was in hook line and yeah I like the way they sort of and don't fuck with cats is a is is um, sort of a side door into the story right and what I mean by that is like whenever I think of a story I always think of like whenever I'm thinking about presenting a story I always try to think of a hook 
sometimes there isn't a hook there, but I always try to think of like a side door into a story and not just start by saying once upon a time yeah. there was a guy and then he did this and then he did that. It's like, no, you start with a little, a side, you go in through the side yeah. door. Instead of going through the front door of the story, you go in through the side door and you sort of get an idea what the kitchen looks like before you actually see the living room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you, to, to sort of create a twisted metaphor, I guess. But, um, and this is, and don't fuck with cats. That story that rule zero of the internet was a great side door into this story. So and it's also fun. two, I think, parallel stories here because you have the story of Luca Magnata and all of the shitty stuff he does, but you also have this insight into this online world, the community, and and that exists. I mean, yeah. I've I've been at, there's a there's one there's a guy called Brandon Lawson mm-hmm. who's like a who's a, a guy who's who went missing one day, right? And he's one of these online mysteries. Mm-hmm. And of him, there's this nine one one call that he made right before he went missing, and people you know go pour over that over and over again. They pick it apart. Did he say this? Did he say that? And there's so it's not just this community of of you know this Luca Magnata. But it's, it's these communities that are created yeah. all over the internet that are yeah. investigating these kind of different cases. Yeah. And I've always thought that there would be a good documentary just in that, just about the people that, that do yeah. those kind of or things. The, I, yeah. No, I, she, well, I kind of feel like this is that documentary. I think it's a way. great start. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, she makes a comment. And I, this is one of my favorite comments in the movie. She Because she works in a, in, a, uh, in a casino, right? In a big mm-hmm. casino in Vegas. And by the way, speaking of that, remember when Luca Magnata made a video yeah. of her? Ho- they never casino? went back to that no, story. No, they didn't. But that would have freaked my shit out. He, he was creating these sock puppets, and he creates this one, and he just like put some. I forgot what he it's put. It's just first. video of her of walking around their casino. Yeah, but they only found it by going to his. Oh, he posted her name. He just posted body moving, and then they went to his Facebook page, and they found that he had liked one video ever, and that video was of a, a tour walking around inside of the. the the casino that yeah. she worked at yeah. but she made a she made a comment when sort of the news started breaking about this and she's like how am i supposed to go into my job in this professional setting where i'm you know respected it's and all this strange. and tell them that I, when i go home at night i hunt cat killers yeah you know so it's just this i like this idea of yeah. the secret life that she's leading yeah. you know when she's not at work and a lot of different people are yeah know? everybody can relate to that though you know um we haven't done this in a while and um let me see how long how long we've we been 45 minutes or so. Uh, so maybe this is a good time to do this. Um, we haven't done this in a while, but like, you know, um, a couple, few episodes ago, we, we sort of made suggestions of similar films. So if you yeah. like this movie, you might like this other one. Yeah. And this is a movie that I would recommend that's uh, has some weird relation to this film um, uh, that um, I would like, maybe we'll, we'll talk about this film on a, on a future thing, but there's a, a documentary called We Live in Public came out. Uh, maybe 10, 15 years ago. It's it's an older film, uh, but it's a it's also it's about early days, early internet uh, experiments with like kind of online culture mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, and it was called We Live in Public, and it was all about um, it was about a guy who set up this sort of art commune in the basement of this building in New York back in the nineties, and people would check into. It was basically a party in the basement. <laughs> But, he, but people lived there for weeks and weeks. And if you lived there, you had to consent to being videotaped the entire time. Okay. One of those early... Okay. And There's it's a, a really lot of good movie. It's called, it's called We Live stuff. in Public. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's very good. I would recommend that film if you, if you like this film a lot. There's, it's not a murder mystery, but it's a similar in that it's about online communities. Mm-hmm. And, and it's interesting to watch that film and see where we were with online communities in the 90s relative to where we are nowadays well i and that's one thing i like about this is because it paints online communities in a pretty good light yeah i think so. you know there's a there's so much about you know online communities now that it's it's just awful but these are people that are out there doing some bit of good you know now i think in my opinion they're probably doing a lot to satisfy themselves you know it's just this morbid curiosity hey i ended up working in a casino but i really should have been a detective or something like that um but they're but they're using their their powers for good, you know. But yeah. I just love the way they, they go so detailed, right? They're identifying the cigarette yeah. the cigarette packets yeah. and you know, hunting for little clues everywhere. It's so well done. Yeah. It was so well done. I I it, it hooked me at the beginning 
and I know I complained about Netflix documentaries a couple of weeks ago. I know. Ago, and I think there are a lot of bad <laughs> Netflix documentaries. I'm not saying they can't do a good yeah. film occasionally. I'm just saying that, like, if they let themselves slip, they could easily fall into this, like, really formulaic, like, right. terrible documentary format. And this is a good example of one. And again, I don't know if this is an, an original or if it was a, a acquisition. No, one it feels of, like an acquisition that might have been turned into an original, maybe. I don't know. One of the things I didn't like, and I and this was, I think, a very Netflixy or a more of a TV thing to do was at the beginning of the second episode, they play the basically the first, they do uh, a the, recap. the last two minutes of the previous episode. Yeah, do a little recap. Which, you know, we don't need that these days. We just finished watching the It wasn't the first a full episode. recap, though. No, it wasn't. It was, was just a like a, a, small, a small thing. They didn't do that on the That's third episode. That's one of my problems with, like, with Disney Plus is that they're, they're still doing the full-on like recaps at the beginning of every episode well that, but that's a thing that's done so much in reality tv right yeah. it's like i mean so much well, of I it can is understand stalling if for you're time. doing like weekly installments mm -hmm. on a on cable where you you missed last week's episode and you have no opportunity to go back and watch it right but like if you're watching mandalorian you can only see it on disney plus and you can and you have if you have a disney plus account and you're watching it legally you know jump back and watch the previous episode you don't need that right you know? <laughs> recap yeah and, and i i understand it too when there's a season that you know it's been a, a big break between seasons and they they re yeah. really they release a new season it's nice to have that recap in the beginning because it refreshes yeah. your memory but yeah i just think if you're watching <laughs> streaming media where the previous episode is right there i i don't know maybe i'm wrong about that because i could see like you know, maybe you take a break from a series, need to get caught up quickly. Right, it might not be such a bad thing. I don't know. I, it just felt to me like a like a reality show move in this one, where they just they played the exact same clip from the end of the first episode yeah. at the beginning. I of didn't the mind one. it though. Yeah. I didn't mind it. It was short enough that it was it didn't take away from yeah, it too much. It wasn't it wasn't overbearing. It was tolerable the way they did it. You know, the mom even even as weird as she was, I know I, this is going way back, but. Um, she was still even an interesting character. Mm -hmm. You know, she had a very specific look to her. Mm -hmm. She had a a, spe a certain affect to her. So that was another one. And oh, another character I want to bring up before we wrap up, um, the Montreal police lady. Oh, she was great. She was fantastic. I love all those like Quebecois accents yeah. too. They're so crazy. And she, and she has she has this weird mix of like Quebecois versus and and kind of like talking like a police person, which sounds. I don't know. It's a weird combination that yeah. you don't hear. It's very kind of formal um, police yeah. talk, but with yeah, that accent. Police talk have this. Yeah, I've had problems. I remember I I had to interview a guy one time that was a was a cop, and we were in. He he was a cop that quit, and then he went. He's recently went back to being a cop, but he owned this art gallery, and I wanted to interview him about this art gallery. It was a promo piece for him. And his problem is, is that whenever he got on camera, he'd fall into this like cop <laughs> way he'd talk. He'd be like, "Yeah, so we opened the, <laughs> so we opened the institution in 1986, and uh, we, you know, it's right. like it was like very formal military yeah, like police. Yeah, talk, like he's yeah. given a police report, and I had to stop him. It's like, no, talk like a human being, please. You know, like don't <laughs> talk like a cop. You sound like a cop. Yeah, and." uh but he was a super nice guy when he when he relax him and get him to talk like a real person. Mm -hmm. It's just like he, but you know, cops are kind of trained. You know, especially yeah. the older cops are, are they fall into the patterns of, you know, having to give oral reports and things like that. Yeah, but I, she was great. I mean, she was really fun and she got emotional too. The guy in the um, in the PC or the the. The Internet Cafe. Mm -hmm. I almost said PC Bong, which is the Korean word for Internet Cafe. Oh, yeah. He was a really great character, too. I mean, you can imagine. He tells a story of how he's just surfing around every morning. He in starts Germany. his day in Germany. He yeah. starts his day reading the newspaper. And he's sitting there reading about this guy who uh, has escaped and it, being looked for by Interpol. And he looks up from his desk and he's standing right in front of him. Yeah. And he takes and he decides back. to, like peak spy on him. Yeah, he goes back to spy on him and he's like, oh, the whole time I'm emptying the trash here, I'm emptying the trash here, but I'm just looking. And he sees Luca Magnata in the PC Internet Cafe looking at the the wanted poster for himself. And that just confirms that this is the guy. And that footage of all the cops. Yeah, that, that's such, that was crazy. such great footage. Uh, you, suddenly you see just 20 police officers yeah, just walking swarm i heard that you don't fuck with the pulitzer i've never been to germany but i've heard either. that the pulitzer are 
you know, yeah, you don't fuck with them. <laughs> you, did you did you wonder how did how did Luca Magnata fund this stuff he was doing? Uh, probably the prostitution. prostitution. Yeah, he was involved in prostitution. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's probably a young what boy doing. like that. I mean, he was a handsome dude. Yeah, for sure. He was. I mean, because he was trying to be a model. He was he wanted a male to be, model. Yeah. yeah, and I could see how he could easily probably make a pretty good living. Yeah, he had the look for it. You know, I think he didn't deal with rejection very well. No, you know, and and turned out like this. Yeah, but. it's a good movie. Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm so glad I watched it. I don't know. Are there any other films you can think of that would have that you would jump out at you that you would recommend and. I you know I I don't know I don't know because this is no I don't <laughs> I didn't think about any yeah but, no that's fine but because I, I I think the thing that makes this movie great Luca Magnata I think of all of the um you know true crime stories that are out there to me it it, it wasn't that that the most interesting. You know, this movie told you more of that because you find out like he's doing these recreations mm-hmm. of, you know, these movies and stuff like that. Um, but I just thought that what made this movie so good was just the characters. And, you yeah, know, the just- characters. I mean, what he did, though, the 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 sort of links that he went to to create this whole mystique and this mystery around him and this sort of like lead people on and stuff is really one of those things that's kind of stranger than fiction now you know yeah. it's one of those things that would be hard to believe if somebody i mean he had hundreds it. of like sock puppet accounts mm-hmm. on facebook that he would i could see know. this the rights for this getting picked up and turned into like a a, a dramatic feature film hmm. you know, so. with the uh with the internet hunt I think so. Well, I don't know how what angle they would take on it, but I could see them take telling his story. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, I mean, they they would probably they'll fictionalize it somehow to make it work better in a yeah. feature film. But I, um, they might just, uh, you know, I could see them fictionalizing it to the point where you just have like one person sort of tracking him down online or something, you know, and sort of combine all those other characters into one or two people. Yeah, you know, it's kind of what they did with they, they did, and they kind of did that with this too. I mean, they they, yeah. and I don't know if that was they only used two people because that's all that wanted to talk on camera, yeah. or if those were. I the think main it was people. probably like from a story point of view, it was really it was a lot easier to only keep track of two people that mm-hmm. represented that group. Yeah, um, and those are probably the two most compelling interviews that they. I bet they did more than. Just yeah, they could have. Yeah, I bet they probably picked up two or three. So at, at the end of the film, they meet in the cafe. Yeah, do you remember what John Green says? Uh-uh. This was like I I didn't mind him the whole time, but he. he oh, I remember he did end. say something funny. What yeah, did he well, say? it wasn't even funny. She said something like, she said to him, she goes, "I think without you, I would have given up." And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, I think you probably would have." Yeah, and she said, "Well, you probably would have given up without me." And he's like, "No, I don't think I would." Yeah, have. and he just go, "Whoa." Yeah, he seemed, a little like, arrogant like, yeah, he didn't like you didn't have to say that. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, it's like let's like let's like be a little like self-deprecating. Uh, just say, yeah, I probably would have. You know, it's like, but does it hurt? But also just insulting know? to her. Like, yeah. I mean, if she no, says I would have given did, up without he you. Come off as kind of a dick there. At yeah. The end. Yeah. I, I remember that jumped out at me too. That if she funny. said to him, Oh, yeah, no, I think I would have given up without you, why not just say, Well, I'm glad you stuck it out? You know, yeah. something like that. Rather than yeah. yes, you would have. You definitely would have given yeah. up without me. Yeah, so he kind of I mean the rest of the time I kind of thought he was all right, but he seemed like a dick at yeah, the very end. Just, I think he's just socially inept, man. Well, he spends all of his time behind the computer hunting yeah. cat killers. Yeah. So, but anyway, yeah, I I agree, man. I'm really glad that you made this recommendation. I'm glad that. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs>